Hi, this is Nyetta. This is Dre. And welcome to The Help Show. Today we are with Gary Rankin. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's correct, yeah. And he is the owner of B Place, which we are in um, with Somerset, Texas, outside of San Antonio. Okay, and what I mean Beautiful this is here. this is gorgeous out here. Um, you guys can't see me, but I actually have a uh, what is this? What is it? A bee? A bee veil. A bee veil. Um, because a bee had got stung, um, stung in my hair. It was in my hair caught. So I want to make sure my dreads keep it uh, real fresh here right now. <laughs> but, but that would we could have probably practiced the um, wrinkle stuff if you would have cut this off. <laughs> hey, I got a real. long way to go. I got a long way to go. <laughs> See if that's real. <laughs> so first of all, Gary, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much with interviewing and spreading awareness about bees and how great they are. Um, I know this is bee season, so it's really busy, and Dre and I are, we're just real grateful about that. Just well, we haven't taken the time. Yeah, cause, oh, well, no problem. I really appreciate you guys' interest, in, and I'm more than honored to be part of your program and help share some information about the honeybees. Thank you. Great. How long have honeybees been around? Well, at last, the last one I was speaking with told me she said her family's been here <laughs> <laughs> right out a million years, give or take. Really? Yes. So they have been around the earth they, a really long time. They, yes, they have actually found fossils that date back in, you know, how the carbon dating is, yeah, it's yeah. give or take, but about a million years. Wow. Oh, wow. Jeez, that's I, long. I wasn't even talking about. They were here with the dinosaurs and everybody. You're right, at the crustacean period, yeah. Oh, wow. And how long have you been a beekeeper? Well, I'm 55 now, okay. and my uncle, the, the property this belongs to, when we uh, when we talked a while ago, I told you about this was a, kind of come full circle, because when I was about 10 years old, he had bees, and he used to invite me out to come and help him play, and work his bees. He even had one little small one he let me call mine, you know, and oh. so I became uh, part of the beekeeping world in about 1970, oh, 71, wow. and I've, I was pretty interested in all sorts of animals and insects and bees in particular at that time and had my own hive and uh, didn't really get into the, the large-scale industry of the beekeeping world until about five years ago. Uh, so your uncle is the one that really got you interested in this field? Right. Because that's what he was doing at the time? Right. He had, a, at that time when I first started helping him, he had about 10 hives and he grew to about 75 hives. Oh, wow. And uh, he was a San Antonio fireman, which okay. meant he had 70, uh, 40, uh, what is it, 24 on, Right, so he had some time off. off. He found right. something else to do. And so oh. he had a lot of time, and he went to school down at uh, one of the universities here, the colleges here in San Antonio, and studied beekeeping as one of his electives. And, oh, really? Uh, he got a bachelor's, and in, in, in he was uh, pretty much very versed in beekeeping. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of following his, his footprints in that he got me interested in more than just the honey part of the bees and the biology of the bees and that sort of thing and recently and a couple of years ago Texas introduced a master beekeeper program which is very much like being a master gardener okay. you have to learn a lot you have to study a lot you have to do some public engagements and so forth and so on and we uh, is that the University of Texas no it's out of it's actually comes out of the Texas A&M. Okay, oh, of course, an ag school. Yeah, I'm at Texas A&M. Well, that, that's yeah. who is, um, Texas A&M is the governing body. They have the Texas Apiary Inspection Services based there, and they are the governing body for bees in, in the state of Texas. In other words, they set the rules, they police the rules okay. to some degree. They are not, uh, I like to let folks know, it's not like the bad guys police, it's the good guys. They're, <laughs> they're here to help. You yeah. know, they're, they're on our side. They want to make sure we have the resources necessary. If we have a problem, okay. they'll come out and help. And then as part of the Master Beekeeper program, I'm involved in, in that very thing. I do a lot of studying on 
on all the different things that go in and out of the bee community in terms of um, the diseases they could potentially have, oh, the, wow. the things that are an asset to them in terms of the agricultural end of things, as well as pesticides and um, pesticides labeling and knowing huh. what that means to the bees and the farmers and trying to trying to keep things in a place for bees that we can keep them sustainable. Oh wow! Which is really important for the for the world, of course. Yeah. So, with that being said, the most interesting. What do you think is the most interesting thing that you think bees do? Because you've you've been doing it since what nineteen? What did you say? Nineteen? Seventy. What? Seventy, roughly. So yeah. seventy. So you've seen the bees right, do she a looks lot. So of, young for doing this. You do. Uh, it's the sun and the bees. I know. The bees. <laughs> the bees must be singing you. The, the yeah. honey. The honey. Oh yes. <laughs> bee talks. Yeah, right. Bee talks. Exactly. I like that. It's probably cheaper too and sweeter. <laughs> I I don't know exactly it's how to put it down to one particular thing that I think as a whole the fascination of the entire colony and how I guess if I were to put it into one particular thing mm -hmm. it's the colony mentality a lot of people think mm -hmm. the queen makes a decision and it's it's more of a dictator they just assume it's like a dictatorship the queen does this and says this and we do that okay it's a colony decision when a decision is made whether when they time to swarm and time to move and time to find and reproduce that's how bees reproduce is by swarming when it's time to find a new place to live they do it as a group and they have a voting system and until everybody in the group agrees and it's a 100 percent consensus they don't move they sit there and wait until everybody is happy with their decision that's and interesting that is interesting that's amazing yeah to me that's probably one of the more Fascinating, fascinating. It's, I think that's very fascinating. Yeah. She would think that the queen would be the boss, and right. she just tell everybody, "Here's what we're doing right now." Yeah, and you do what I say. You're yeah, <laughs> right. But when you think about that for a second, if people could follow those footsteps, we wouldn't have any need for wars. We wouldn't yeah. have any need for that's, hunger. That's exactly that's true. true. And, uh, hmm. If we followed nature a little closer to it, mm. we right. could save on a lot of issues that are going on. There are no prejudices in the hive. The female bee is when she goes out and gets mated and starts to lay her eggs she has multiple males that she mates with which means that all of the bees that are her, her daughters and that's another interesting facet all of the sisters in the hive potentially are going to be about five percent relation in terms of the father and oh, of course the mother so they're not full-blooded sisters they're like half sisters oh. right but yet they've done some really interesting studies to find out if there's any prejudice amongst the sisterhood uh -huh. and absolutely none whatsoever oh, that's wow. amazing that's like sister wives isn't it yeah. it's just yeah. it's things just running over there why why are bees so important to our environment especially this day and age yeah the things that go on nowadays so opposed to say even 50 to maybe 100 years ago is when you had a garden you had a diverse garden you had your okra you had your tomatoes you had your corn you had yeah. so forth and so on well, nowadays with the, with the way population has exploded and things are we have thousands of acres of different crops and they are dependent on honeybees back in the day when there was one honeybee hive in somebody's backyard they took care of all their crops and pollinated all their flowers and all their blooms in their garden and now all of those big giant farms big farming industries like the almonds uh, uh -huh. the blueberries the yeah, apples right. for example right. they depend on bees to do the pollination otherwise those fruits will not set right and if the fruits do set by you know there are other pollinators out there uh, some crops are wind pollinated for example but if there's bees in for example, if you had a, a field of strawberries, okay. if you brought bees in, your strawberries are going to get about 30% larger, oh. and there will be about 30% more strawberries on the vine. Wow. So that gives you a perspective of how important bees really are. Yeah. 
I did not know. I just keep moving all the stuff around, so stuff just keeps growing, basically. Right. Yeah. And then with the population of the, you know, the country exploding, right. they need more pollinators to keep up because the farming industry is having to keep up, and of course we're shipping some of our produce overseas. So right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a right. really That's big true. business. Well, yeah. What can we do as people to help um, bees survive besides just not killing them? Right. Well, when you say not killing them, you're talking like, about just... Uh, in pesticides. Uh, you know, when you see a nest, not knocking them down. Right. You know, um, for prime example, let's share with, with riding cars. Instead of, you know, polluting the air, right. let's right. keep the pollution down. Like, what can we do as, as human beings to, you know, to help out the bees and the bee colonies and for them to keep producing? What can we do? Well, I believe pesticides are a common problem amongst all sorts of health issues and the bees are, are right there with that but it's also important to understand they're not the, the pesticide alone while it's really a high up on the list as far as being an issue mm -hmm. most people never considered like a fungicide or an herbicide to be an issue to, to honeybees huh. or to their own health for that matter yeah, because true. they're not targeting but uh, a real short the honeybees produce a product in the hive called bee bread that's what they feed the family they feed the babies and so forth okay. and they make that out of a combination of nectar and pollen and they have the enzymes in their tummy that they do things with and it causes this to have a fermentation process okay. somewhat like sauerkraut or beer or any kind of things that would ferment well if for example there was a, a pesticide sprayed and if a farmer's going to spray that he'll notify me and i can go close my hives or move them if necessary okay. close them overnight let the pesticide dry if he's spraying fungicides, he doesn't think of that as a problem for my bee, so he may not call me. Oh, Yet, that, wow. that fungicide, if it bring, is brought back into the hive by the bees picking it up, it can inhibit the growth of their baby food, and therefore their babies won't be as healthy. So there's, there's that facet. And then also, uh, more people are starting to become aware. This is kind of a, seems to be with social media yeah. yes. and things like you folks yeah, are doing. Yeah, yeah. Again, I really appreciate you guys. Oh, gosh, we love we to do it. it. Thank you. Uh, the awareness being, being spread now is, is a little more detailed and defined than it used to be. People used to think, well, well, you know, as long as, you know, I can go to the grocery store and get my goodies, I'm no big deal. I don't worry about the bees. But now people are becoming aware. Right. I teach uh, roughly 100 to 200 people how to take care of bees every year that come to our class. They learn how to take care of bees, and we... We sell starter hives and so forth. So keeping the bee population up, uh, because what you heard a colony collapse disorder, I'm sure. That's No, we don't. Can you tell yeah, us please. what that we is? We I'm not sure what colony that is, exactly. Before, yeah. Okay, colony collapse was, uh, was co the term was coined roughly 20 years ago when there started to be a great loss in the bee population nationwide. Not only our nation, but others as well. And it drove scientists crazy because they couldn't really figure out exactly what was causing it. And then, to be honest, they still haven't figured it out. It's a combination of things, and it, and it may be one year a little more fingers get pointed at pesticides, for example, or the monoculture where there's nothing, not, a diverse diet is not available for bees right. in certain areas. Also, there's a pest that gets in the hive, it gets on the bees, it's called a varroa mite. <laughs> This varroa mite huh. is similar to a tick on a dog. It sucks the blood of the bee, and oh, then, wow. more importantly, it spreads diseases. To they've the bees to the or bees. to the plants? To, to the to bees. bees. Okay. And they've identified several diseases that this particular mite spreads to the hives. And if your hive is not treated to prevent these mites population from going crazy, then your your hive is most likely going to get one of the diseases that they spread and will not last. It, you'll be lucky if they last two years. Oh, wow. So. I tell you that's to 
so you can understand this. Back in the old days, there was bees in all the trees, and bees were flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't see that you as don't. much anymore because no one is going into the trees to treat them for these mites that have. Oh. They were brought over to the American area in approximately 1990. Since 1990, we've had this colony collapse disorder because pesticides have been more widely used, and then of course these mites with a few other things becoming uh, more widespread, like the monoculture I mentioned. You know, the, the almond fields now are humongous. It's thousands and thousands of acres. The nation's bee population, about 75% of it goes to California every year around February to pollinate these almonds, which is a multi-billion dollar year, year industry. Right, the almonds, yeah. They depend on the bees. And when we, if we were gonna go to our other bee yard, I'll show you, we brought a truckload of bees back from the almonds this year, and we're, we're actually distributing these bees all over South Texas. About 25 million bees came on my truck back from California. You're so, kidding. Right. Oh my God. And how are they, how are they not just flying out of your truck? Oh, they're, are in, they in like they're, a refrigerator? Yeah, no, they're in actually, and they're in beehives. And <laughs> okay. We, put, we close them up, put netting over it. And okay. And then so they just kind of just, right. you know, yeah, they, the wind. As long as the truck's moving, they're not trying to get out. That vibration and the 70 mile an hour wind that keeps them in, yeah. keeps them wanting to stay in the house. Do, they do, think it's a storm. I was just saying, do they <laughs> yeah. think it's a storm? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to your point, the colony collapse disorder is, it's kind of, getting a bit of a handle on things. In other words, uh, five years ago, for example, there was approximately 40% loss every year in the bee population. Lucky for us, they reproduce pretty quickly. Yeah. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't stay down for long. They're, they're like a good fighter, a good boxer. They're, they're determined the female bee, uh, will, she will lay approximately 2,000 eggs a day in the peak season. So they're gonna rebuild pretty good. Okay. However, they need our help. And that's what I was talking about a moment ago. The bees in the trees don't have our help. They're on their own, they're wild. So we're losing a lot of our wild bee population to the mites, pesticides, etc. However, folks like myself that have bees in, in controlled conditions where we can inspect them and check them and see if make sure they're not diseased. Right. If they are, we correct it. If they have mites, we treat for mites twice a year. And um, I can show you our mite treating process yeah. later. But uh, okay. the point is, if I'm treating for mites, that gives my bees the advantage they need to, to populate. If I'm not treating, they're gonna get sickly, their immune systems get down, and next thing you know, if any little small diseases like us catching a cold, if our immune system's out. weak, yeah. we can catch pneumonia and it may knock us down. And by having a controlled environment, like our beehives, and doing periodic inspections every few weeks, I'll inspect my hives and then treat for mites a couple of times a year, I can keep their populations healthy and keep them strong. And then as individuals that come and learn how to take care of bees from us, whether they actually take home a beehive or not, they learn about these things and they know, what, and we'll talk about the flowers and things you can plant, just by providing a fresh water source or a flower source in your area, in your neighborhood or in your garden, that helps the bees. It gives them a place. Bees will travel up to six miles for their food sources if, if the times get tough. Wow. However, yeah. they're like we are. They would rather go down to the corner store. If, yeah. Get a coke there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, they're going, to, they're going to stay as close as possible. So if there's a flower source close by, it saves them a lot of energy. Oh, wow. So that brings up another question for me. What is the best flower or is there a certain flower that we should be planting so that the bees can keep going? There's a lot of good flowers for bees. Some are better for bee health and some are better for honey. Some give your honey a good flavor. Some uh, have actual benefits for the hive. And most of the wildflowers, bees are, are attracted to are great. But as far as your question about what can we do and what can we plant, a good herb garden is one thing. Uh, bees like a lot of the different herbs, the mints, uh, your, your uh, 
Lavender is another. Uh, Lavender? Lavender is yeah. a good one. Uh, the salvias, the sages. Sage? What about thyme? Thyme, yeah, those are all good. The, the huh. different, uh, uh, rosemary. Because uh, that grows kind of wild. You can get right. Rosemary will really grow out. Yeah, yeah, I had rosemary in my front yard. You yeah. did? Yeah, it will yeah. crazy. And we have, uh, we have blessed in this area to have mesquite. Mesquite trees grow wild oh, out here. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And they get, they're full, they're blooming right now. And the bees work those. They make a really, hunt, the honey you guys tasted earlier is from mesquite. That's oh, delicious. That was delicious. Yeah. Really and good. it's almost clear like caro syrup. It doesn't I have know. much of the I love caro syrup. Yes. I grew up on that. Mm. This, so good. This is a very, uh, a very high quality honey for the bees. The, the nutritional value in mesquite honey is considered as high as there, as there is in any of the honey. Uh, there's another plant that grows wild out here. It only grows in northern, New Me uh, northern old Mexico and southwest Texas. It's called a Oahia plant. That oh. plant is one of the most sought after in terms of the honey that it produces in all over all over the world. There's chefs in France that that brag about it and use it if they can get their hands on it. Really? Oh wow! It just has some distinctive flavor that nobody can else get. Which very, almost very like mild, a delicacy. Yeah. 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 So you can tell where we are because you hear all the just the nature yeah, around us. It's, it's so just, beautiful. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's amazing. I love yeah. it. What's the difference between a honeybee and a bumblebee? Uh, in terms of their appearance, their size is, is something that is readily identifiable. Bees are smaller than, than bumblebees, quite a bit smaller. Honeybees have multiple bands for, or stripes that you might notice. A bumblebee is typically going to have one or two stripes. There's a lot of different species of bumblebees, but the more common ones that, that I would assume would be what the question is directly about could be primarily the size. Bumblebees are at least two or three times bigger. Most species are. Oh, than oh wow. Okay. Is that because the honeybees have to work so hard so they remain in a small <laughs> <laughs> You know they get in and out of places, you know what I mean? They can, uh, that may be part of it. The, the, the bumblebees are a lot smaller in terms of their colony as well. Okay. Honeybee, oh, okay. An average honeybee colony would be forty or fifty thousand bees. An average bumblebee is only going to be a few dozen, perhaps. Oh, oh wow! That's a big difference. That's right. a totally big difference. Yeah. What What does the smoke? We a lot of times in movies you see like somebody with smoke, or just in general, what does that do for the bees or to the bees, or what What effect is that? That's a very good and very common question. Most people see the, uh, the smoker and they they would know what in the world do you use all that smoke for <laughs> what it does is bees communicate by this by this sight and smell if you think about it their beehives are very dark inside okay so they can't see too good in there but they their sense of smell and feel is heightened and they have a a very good sense of smell and they have a, a pheromone that they put out for different things different pheromones would mean different things for example the alarm pheromone puts everybody on red alert. If there's an intruder, a wasp may fly in or a bear comes walking by and the, and the guard bees, which are guarding the entrance of the hive, they'll put out an alarm pheromone. Well, when a beekeeper comes up, he puts a little smoke in the hive. That clouds the air, so basically, essentially, it takes out their cell towers. And they oh, okay, I didn't know okay, that, yeah. okay. So there's no really smell at all in there. Then. Right, it clouds okay. the air, so scent, the alarm pheromone is masked. Okay, huh. wow, that's interesting. Huh. So, we were talking about earlier about, um, remember the face and um, how bees, they're, um, the, the commodities that bees can make. Yeah. So what commodities do bees produce? Well, over and above the obvious honey. Okay, uh, yeah. And then wax, people make 
used to be a lot more popular. Is that the wax mainly for candles? Yeah. Right. For the most wax part. Wax your surfboard. Yeah. Whatever you need yeah. it for. And back in the old days, so you know, back in the, I guess, the early 1900s, that's pretty much the only source of wax. Well, now, since the, you know, industrial age, there's some petroleum-based waxes that I wouldn't recommend, but um, there are uses out there for that. But people do use wax for other things besides the candles. They use it in cosmetics. They use it in soaps. Right. And these kinds of things. But also that... Some less popular things that you may hear about or may find in a health food store would be propolis. Huh. Propolis is basically like a bee glue. It's their version of caulking to seal up all their cracks and their crevices. Oh, oh wow. Because they control the temperature in the hive. They want to have a, a full control over what's going on in the summer and the winter. They air okay. condition it in the summer and then they cool, they warm it in the <gasps> so winter. That's so interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Another would be royal jelly. That's what they feed the queen and feed the baby brand new br hatched oh, baby wow. bees. And royal so that's jelly. That's like really, really important. Yeah. Stuff. Right. It's yeah. it's the it's the queen's diet. It's oh, what wow. it's a high protein diet. It keeps her healthy and vigorous and keeps the, the eggs coming oh. at the rate of about two thousand a day. So she's got to be on a wow. very high protein diet. Yeah. Uh, the other would be. Uh, the pollen, the pollen that the bees gather from flowers, okay. pollen is, is very healthy. And um, they say that the beekeeping occupation is the healthiest in the world. And hmm. I think part of that's to blame on the products from the hive, like you're asking about the commodities, but yes. it's also just the lifestyle in general. People that have bees tend to be a little more health conscious. Right. They're planting their own gardens. They're not buying uh, produce that's been sprayed with pesticides and that kind of thing. So hmm. they're just a little bit more aware. And the other would be uh, bee venom. The venom hmm. that the bees produce has a lot of health benefits. Uh, arthritis is one of the more common yeah. treated problems. Could that be sold to pharmaceutical companies yeah. or is that like a natural thing with that? Or they make, that uh, there are people that harvest the venom and they huh. make a, they capsule it or they make it in a liquid form that some doctors use. You, you may see a documentary about that uh, if you do a search on YouTube that they actually inject the venom yeah. for different things. Uh, but pure bee venom right out of the bee. Uh, they'll oh, sacrifice wow. a bee and, and just so you know, bees only live about six weeks. So okay. if you get to be an older bee, it's not all the end of the world to sacrifice when you figure that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're being born at the rate of about 2,000 a day, so they're dying at the rate of about 2,000 a day. Oh, yeah. so, Which makes sense, yeah. yeah it's, so, but, uh, it's got a, a compound in bee venom that's about 100 times more potent than, quarter, than a cortisone shot. So for arthritis inflammation, it'll knock the inflammation out really quick. My stepmother cured her arthritis in just a few months by oh, wow. using uh -huh. bee venom. So is a younger bee, is that venom more more potent, I guess, than an older bee at no, six not weeks? Necessarily. It's, it's going to be, venom is venom. It's like, yeah. yes, it's what, six weeks? That's oh, wow. nothing. Six weeks, yeah. And they don't they don't die of old age so much as they just wear themselves out. It's just the miles that <laughs> oh, they get working. Right. Yeah. I look at the results. I inspect my hive and I check how much brood she's producing. If she's right. producing lots of eggs, I leave her alone. Right. We've got a couple that are over three years old. Um, oh, wow. Right. And we actually have... Uh, you have a geriatric bee with <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where's the cane? <laughs> Not sugar cane. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the science has actually done some studies and found and researched and marked them and so forth, and they recorded them up to seven years old. Hmm. Wow. That's very interesting that you've taken on that you're just going to let your bees pretty much be natural. Yeah. And then when you see them not producing, that's when you know there's a problem right. that you're going to keep them going. So if you don't see them producing, are you like, you know what? Look here, Betsy. Your time is up. Well, <laughs> you know. That that can happen, or the bees will do what they call a supersedure. They will ask her. And remember, I talked about earlier, the colony makes decisions. Yeah, yeah, colony. yeah. The colony says, hey, wait a minute. We need to produce a new one. They will have her lay special queen eggs, huh. and they will raise a new queen, and she will step down. Oh, that wow. is just amazing. 
amazing. That is amazing. The bees are just that, you know, intellect or whatever. They, they do all that to keep it going. Right. Huh. It's pretty incredible. That is bee- really incredible. Wow. And, like, so when she when she sets the, you know, the, the eggs that are going to be the queens um, eventually, is there a certain training? Are they in a training school? Huh. Or the- yeah, finishing school. <laughs> yeah, like... Good it's, to be a it's a pretty good question. She she lays several eggs because there's a possibility that maybe one of them may not hatch or develop to the to the fullest. Right. So essentially, they need to make sure and guarantee they're going to have a new queen to replace her. So they'll lay eight, ten, twelve, or fifteen or so, roughly, depending on the size of the colony and, and these things. It it can vary based on their their uh, resources available. But in order for them to have a, a good replacement, they'll they'll make sure they have at least eight or ten. Huh. And then these queens, there can only be one. There's only one queen per colony. Well, that's just in life. Yeah, right. only one queen. Only one queen right. Yeah, yeah. That, right? <laughs> that's right. Are they there, fighting over like who's gonna do it? Like I'm gonna be the queen. There you are know. the rare exception of a mother-daughter coexisting, but it's really okay. Uh, wow. But it's not very common. But uh, for the most part, they they're going to all hatch out roughly within a couple of hours of each other, and they're hmm. gonna do a uh, fight to the death. They do oh, fight to wow. the death. And there can only be one, so um, the last one remaining will go out on her mating flight, and she's okay. gonna go to the dance, okay, and go find some drones. This sounds like a love story. It is. Like no. you're in a fight to be the queen, and then after I win, is the this throne, something you can you have been able to witness? Yeah. Yeah. Or well, I've actually witnessed multiple queens be emerging as adults. That we would might you know relate that to being born. They're not actually born, but they yeah. okay. they chew their cap off of their cell where they've been developing, right? much like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. Okay. Right. They come out and they're immediately able to boogie you know they can walk fly everything oh, wow. and they run around at really a, a faster pace at that point they're like trying to figure out what's going on might be a little spooked just because they're seeing the world for the first time so they're kind of paranoid and I think instinctively they know there's other queens out there yeah and so they're gonna run around kind of skittish we've actually watched four or five emerging at the same time on the same frame we're holding and they'll they'll run around and check each other out and, and go to town okay so how much honey can a hive make? I'm curious because we saw that. What was, was that a Mexican hive over there? Or the wasp? Was a Mexican wasp? wasp. Right? That was yeah. very. That was. I, we've never. I didn't even know that. That so they make them that big. Honey. Yeah. yeah. Right. So how much can a hive? Um, how much honey can a hive actually make? An average hive would be approximately fifty thousand bees. Okay. And then average year, if, if just saying all things average, the resources are available. You've had average rain. You've had average flowers, and okay. so forth and so on. You're gonna get approximately 75 to 80 pounds of honey a year. Oh wow! And that's a lot of honey. That's if you a think lot about of it. honey. One gallon yeah. of honey is gonna weigh 12 pounds. So it's it's oh, wow. it's put, that's a to put in a you know seven or eight gallons of honey a year. A good year, you're gonna get quite a bit more than that. And then the lean years, then they they of course they're not gonna get as much. And we have to actually supplement and feed our bees. And then with but your honey, are you is that on the market? Are you selling your honey or? Yeah. We have a few uh, local stores that carry our honey. We're not trying to be in competitive markets. The like honey is so groceries. good. I'm yeah. like the honey is delicious. The honey is so it is very good. It's very ta- very clean. Right. I think it just, it's the caviar of honey. Yes. Right. Like it's why good. wouldn't you? Yeah, we're going to talk about this yes. before I leave. Yeah, <laughs> our honey is uh, it's highly sought after because it's pure, fresh, local, raw honey. It's never been processed. It has no never been heated. You can tell. You and can tell. It, when you heat honey, you you start to destroy the nutritional values when you get over about 110 degrees. Oh. And it's, it varies as how hot it gets is what all you're losing in terms of your nutritional value. So a, 
a big honey producer may heat it up so it flows out and they can bottle it faster. Uh, we don't do that. We take our time. We have it. We have the time to put it in bottles without heating it over 100 degrees. So our and we don't filter it. We strain it huh. to get any little possible pieces and particles of yeah, wax in yeah. there but we strain it in, in is that you and john doing this right yeah. wow. and we okay. have we have another uh, my uncle helps us as well okay and we put about oh i would say about a, a 55 gallon drum a year oh wow we don't try to produce more than that but I, because what i do when i sell you a hive of bees i put a lot of honey with those bees and send them home with you so oh, you don't have to feed your bees yeah so honey is not my main thing i i'm more uh interested in pollinating crops and helping farmers and then also getting new bee pe beekeepers started okay. so honey is is a really big industry and it i'm a small yeah. is there a lot of beekeepers coming to you wanting to start bees yes or yes it's is? amazing and more and more every year with the awareness of uh hmm. the state of texas allowing bees to be an ag exemption is you it can in their backyard or they have right. a beautiful land like this or? most uh is a, is a really good mix as far as just wanting to have bees most of those are kind of backyard beekeepers we call them our hobbyists mm -hmm. and then for folks <laughs> that are wanting to do the ag exemption they have to have between five and 20 acres to qualify for the state's tax exemption is that anywhere in texas these bees it, can work yes. or is it better down here the southern part of the state offers a longer season for blooms because it stays warmer longer as far down south as like Brownsville or down in the valley where the Rio Grande Valley has all of the, the citrus and such growing, you have a, about a three or four more month window to produce honey. But the other side of the coin is the northern part of the state has a lot more abundance for a, short, for a shorter period. So there's, it's pretty balanced really overall. Uh, I think there's a little bit more further south, but if Nyad and I wanted to buy some land and put some bees on it, would you? We would call you and you would say, "Hey, you'd bring them up to us. We'd basically buy them from you, and from there our bees would multiply. Or would we have to contact you every year to come help us?" No, it'd be a one-time thing. You come to our class, we we'll teach you how to take take care but of your bees. But what if we want to con What if we want to contact you like more than? You know, once well, that's, a year. I'm just trying to get right. rid of us already. Yeah. Just, gosh. <laughs> no, we're you did promise us tequila. Yeah, hello. <laughs> we're throwing you to the wolves. You, you know, you're on your own. Go get stung. No, no, it's actually, uh, it's actually a good question because we do offer advanced keeping, uh, advanced beekeeping, where you would learn how to harvest your honey and you learn how to treat for varroa mites, which we talked about earlier. They yeah, which is very. This could be Randy's new career. Yeah. Get his butt down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> You come the first year, you learn how to take them, care of them, keep them alive, keep them healthy, and set them up on your property and learn how to inspect your hives. And next year, when you want to learn a little bit more about them, you come and take an advanced class. We get you all the information and resources you need to, to harvest your honey. Because the first year, we leave the bees alone. We don't take their honey the first year. We let them yeah. build up. Yeah. It's like getting a puppy. You let them grow. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, like, beginning to, if you're going to get a milk cow, you can't milk a baby calf. No, you can't. So it's you true. Have, right. You have your your process to let them get established and once they become established and then the second year you can do your harvest so now we're going to wrap it up with our true and false okay. we always want you know a true and false and then we have um, the readers question what they want to ask you we have two questions okay so um we're going to start with the true and okay. false what we got is it true that bees are disappearing from this earth yes but the good news is they're also replenishing Okay. So that's true. Yes. So it's okay. true. Okay, okay. It's true and okay. Okay. And false kind of. There's some on true an endangered list. Some areas are putting 
other types of bees, not necessarily honeybees, on an endangered list because they are disappearing and not recovering. Oh, wow. But luckily the honeybee has enough folks like myself that are raising bees and they're replenishing the stocks that get depleted. So while it is, yes, a true, a true answer to the question, it's also false in the sense that we're, I don't think we're going to actually lose our honeybees. Okay, good. That's good. Oh, Ooh, I was a little scared right there. Not as long as I'm around. Anyway. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that too. So, is it true or false that honeybees' wings stroke about 100 beats per second? I believe it's about 200. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Wow, look at you. It, it takes one ounce of honey to fuel a bee's flight around the world. True or false? I have to refill their tanks about once every time they fly around the world. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's La- some good stuff. That's some good stuff. True or false? Um, the work bees and queen bees sting. So both both of them sting. Work and queen bees sting. Worker bees and queen bees, bees both have a stinging apparatus. However, a queen bee will very rarely use it. The oh. worker bees have barbed stingers and if they sting you they it's gonna, die, they're right? gonna die yeah the queen bee does not have barbed stingers and she will not die but she does not i've handled queen bees many 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 queen bees for many hours i i handle them for various reasons we uh, some customers like their queens to be marked we put a little mark on them and like, like what like with a, a diamond uh, like a paint pen really a non-toxic you can see it? yeah it's a little i'll show you a picture here shortly it's yeah. a it's a non-toxic paint marker like a fabric marker okay and it just dries right on their uh, put it on their thorax in the center of their back and it dries and they put it back in the hive it makes them easy to find when you're looking through your hive for a bee among 5,000 I mean 50,000 yeah, yeah, bees yeah, it's gonna be hard to that, see that. needle in a haystack yeah, it's yeah. better if it's painted blue amongst all the tans right. and browns that jumps gotcha. right it's out. just kind of sticks out so while they can sting and they won't die if they do I have never been stung and don't know anyone ever that has oh. been stung by a queen a queen is a lover. She's not. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> she's, she's not. A, rule. She has Probably. one job. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's to, to lay eggs and, and eat. Huh. Okay. So now we're going to our listening letter, which I'm so excited. I like when I get when people are actually listening. We're out I know, here me too. spreading the word we're and doing our work. Yeah, we're doing that's our great. job as beekeepers. Bee right. bee people. <laughs> so this listening letter is from someone called Bee Center. Okay. And what can you read it for? Yeah, me? dear Help Show. My husband and I live in the inner city of Houston. We want to start a small bee farm or how my husband puts it in small production center in our backyard, but we have no idea how to start. We have done our research, but I feel we are missing small details on how to start. Please give us some advice. Sincerely, the bee center. When she says bee farm, it's hard to know whether she's talking five hives or, or 50 hives, but right. for the most part, in a backyard environment, you can have five or 10 hives as long as you keep requeening your hives annually or, or somewhat annually. Uh, to make sure your genetics are gentle natured so you're not going to get your neighbors all stung up. Yeah. Okay, so that would be the first thing I would I'd make sure and advise that they keep their genetics pure and, and gentle. We okay. sell, when we sell bees, we sell a very gentle natured Italian gene, uh, genetics that are oh, European really? bees. Wow. We teach our bee classes. I've got pictures I'll share with you that okay. have little kids opening our beehive without a veil on because they're gentle, that gentle in nature. They're not aggressive at all. So as long as you have some type of genetics like that, an inner city colony is perfectly safe and fine. And in terms of other advice, uh, such as how many, yeah, I think we've talked about how many uh, pounds of honey you can get a year if they want to start a bee farm for honey production, then depending on what your goal is, and you're most likely like anybody else, you're gonna start small and you're gonna grow. Uh, some people want to start on a large scale, and if that's the case, they may need to consider 
little bit more land somewhere if they're going to have a, a large honey production. But for small honey production in the backyard, you can get, you know, like I said, several gallons per hive. But I'm thinking she needs to call thebeeplace.com. I, yeah, I, I think, think so, right, too. Yeah, I think we'll that's it. Yeah, I think her happy butt down here. <laughs> yeah. And attend down. a class. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah attend a class, um, be center. That'll help. So the second question I have, it says, Dear the Help Show, um, I have a beehive, and lately I've been seeing more than usual dead bees outside the hive. Could you ask your bee expert why is this happening? Sincerely confused. Well confused. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little confused too. I, I would love to know more about the circumstances. And it's a couple of possibilities. It could be someone in the area has sprayed some pesticides and bees got into it. Yeah. yeah. It could be what we call honey wars, where they have some robber bees come into your hive. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they are bugs out here. Yeah. <laughs> she might live in the inner city too. That's right. <laughs> they have some. They have some of uh, those op opportunistic bees may come really? in there and yeah. uh, this, they. This bee life. Yeah, but <laughs> time of it year is. has a little bit to do with it. When uh, when times are tough, then they have to find something to eat somewhere. When times oh. are plentiful, they don't do as much robbing. But if there's yeah. There's no groceries out in the field. They got to try to find something somewhere, and they will take on the challenge of t robbing a hive. Oh man! Wow, that's that's interesting. That was a good question. Yeah, thank Actually, you. Um, yeah. I'm confused now too. <laughs> 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 Well, Gary, I want to tell you thank you so, so much with interviewing with Dre and myself. Oh, so interesting. And, and John. And, and John. John, John over here, yeah. yeah, John was over here. Solid <laughs> over part here of the day. Solid, yeah, danger. Dangerous over here. And um, we just want to say thank you for taking the time. I know it is, like I said before, it's um, busy. Be, did I say busy bee? bee? Okay. I know, busy bee. I'm busy so like corny. a bee. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to say thank you. And, um, and welcome to The, the Help Show. There we go. For more information, visit our website at thehelpshow.com. Thanks for listening and please stay tuned.